Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Ooh, doggy dog. Doggy dog indeed. I'm in the ATL baby down in Atlanta. Really? What are you doing in Atlanta? Shooting uh, a short film with Matthew Servito, who oh. plays Satan and your pretty face is going to hell. And by short film, of course, he means everyone is five foot six. <laughs> that's me. That's that's if I was the dean of your college. Yeah, that's, that's me auditioning to play the dean of Marquette University. Is that where you went? Milwaukee. Marquette was for the rich kids. And Dwayne oh, Wade. Oh, I'm sorry to 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 try to even deign an idea that you'd be upper class. <laughs> But no, I'm down. I'm in. I'm in Atlanta, and man, I love it. I, I'll tell you what. It's been a while. Atlanta still got it. I saw an active drug dealer. Really? Full on. I saw a full on drug deal in the hotel that we were staying at. Dude, it, it was just like out and open. It was seven p.m. and a dude, <laughs> a woman. The only way I could describe it is that she had wacky knees. Uh-huh. She went like, hey, 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 hey. Walked up to a man <laughs> who was in just boxer briefs. Um, and he opened up his hotel room, handed her a packet. She handed him money. Literally went like, hey, 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 hey. She ran back to the car, scuttled back to the car. And then he, I mean, and I mean it. It was so nice. He looked at me and he caught eyes. He's counting his money. He looks me in the face and goes, Hey, man, how you doing? Like, he was incredibly <laughs> friendly. Like, I didn't just witness something I shouldn't see. Hey, man, that's Atlanta. It's a beautiful place full of full of brotherly love. No longer Philadelphia's mon- moniker. It is now Atlanta's. No, now the, I thought Philadelphia's home of the horseshit eaters. Yeah, it is now. That's Oh, good jab at the Eagles fans. <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome to Side Stories. I am Ben hanging out with Henry Zabrowski, who is out yeah. there busting his rump. Acting Making for the people. Acting art. for the people. Making film. Yes, I am an artist. Or as Servito likes to say, because um, I love him. Love him to death. But when an actor becomes a writer-director, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. why I don't. I don't need that level of control. That's why I have Civ 5. Civ 5 allows me 
to control and micromanage an entire society, which yes. will scratch the itch of being a director. Absolutely. Servito, um, he doesn't have like a shot list. He doesn't have a lot of organization because he keeps saying, we're playing jazz here. <laughs> and, um, about everything. Oh, about that every is single. That is exactly what I want my director to be saying. And we're I was playing like, jazz. So there's no rules. Is that what you're saying? No rules, just right. This is Outback. We've turned this film set into Outback. But, you know, we're just making shit up as we go. But I am dressed as a facsimile. I am I am playing a special effects horror makeup person. Okay. And I am dressed exactly like Shane Morton, who is the creative designer for Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. So it's a fun inside joke for the Atlanta film community. We're having a good time. Absolutely. And, of course, Shane Morton, you might recognize his work if you saw the hit film Mandy. He is the creator, the designer, the god behind the puppet that is Cheddar Goblin. And he's I got my Cheddar Goblin. And, yes, and that's why he pulled talented. me one. But we all day long, all we do is we're in his workshop, so, like, the whole place we're in, what he has, he has this room called the spare parts room. Uh-oh. And it's in this workshop out in the middle, like, rural Georgia. And as you go, it's just all nothing but disembodied, like, tits and open mouths and all the stuff. He lives a strange life. But uh-huh. it's like, there's so many of his, like, because his muse, it's like he works with his coworker. Uh, Madeline Brumby, who is his girlfriend of many years, uh-huh. who is very talented actress, who does a lot of stuff, again, in the art community of Atlanta. Um, but there's so many of her disembodied heads around the spare parts room. Right. I just can't imagine what it would be like. What, what does the what it does what does it do to the human mind? Psychologically, take, yeah. Yeah, your lover, right? You like you mold and cast your lover's body in many different mm-hmm. ways, and then all you do is hack it up. Well, you know, it's very interesting. I guess I would like to see sort of what they used to do on Room Raiders when they would take the black light into the teenagers' rooms and they would put it over their beds, and then they would be like, That's a lot of cum. I do want to see a black light. I want to see it over the heads, the severed heads of his g- girlfriend, uh, who they've been together for a long time. I'm just going to say, um, but basically, common law wife at this point. Yes. If yes. there is any semen stains on there, then I do think we have to have a conversation and we have to say this has now transcended art into dark fantasy, into potential murder. Well, Shane does a lot of stuff. He works a little bit in the Gorno community. What's Gorno? Is, Gorno is, at the time, it was way, it used to be way more like kind of B level. It's horror porn. It's horror. horror porn. And so what they oh. would do is it would start with a bunch of naked chicks. Like, he showed me video of this one time he did a shoot where it was two nuns. It was a like a zombie cannibal nun and a normal nun that was tied down. And they had this, like, this tits out, like, zombie nun come uh-huh. in and literally eat her vagina. And he created a mold of a vagina over her vagina. And the nun went like, ah, and was, like, licking it and, like, pulling it off with her teeth. And oh, like my. So it's fun. It's very creative. But what Shane does, which I think is interesting, he definitely, because he was ma- he made a bunch of workable sex toys. So he separates. So okay. I don't think he fucks the stuff he uses for work. He will, though. I don't think he fucks his own. I don't think he gets high in his own supply. Do, do you think that? Do, do you think he knew we were going to talk about him for the first ten minutes of this episode? No. In such graphic detail, specifically when it comes to Gordo. 
Well, Gordo's highly interesting, but he's trying to back out of it because it's becoming a little too realistic. He likes doing <laughs> what is it, going like, on? He likes doing it more like he wants it to be more fun and campy, where the guys are listening to their customers and their customers are like, I want the girl to really be dead. And like, I know you want the girl to really be dead. I know, but we're trying to sell you something legal. I am not really sure if this is, I think this is red flag porno, but as long as no one is really getting hurt, no, that is what no, matters. Everybody, all, I've met a lot of the girls involved, and they're always they're all, laughing. They're all alive. Oh, yeah, I've seen, and I, it's, I'm not like checking their bits to see if they're intact, because well, I'm, good. You know, I'm yeah. a normal man. I can't, you can't start a conversation like that, being like, she really eat your pussy? No, like, no, you, don't you can't do, do that. that. No, that reminds me of the scene from Reanimator. Um, the f- great actress, uh, uh, Barbara Compton. Crompton. Crompt- Crampton? Barbara Crampton. Ba- now, she was very upset by the scene in Reanimator when the severed head did exactly what Henry mentioned the nun did to that other woman. Cunnilingus. Um, she was very upset about it. She stormed out of the movie premiere, but now she's leaned in. She loves it. She's a horror goddess. And, you know, I think she has a good career in front of her and behind her, dare I say. She's a beautiful woman, and she's an incredible performer, and it, it helps cement. It's about being down to clown. There right? it is. Down well, to throw it down. But I'm just saying, Shane Morton does really good work, and I've seen some of his legit sex toys that, he's made. That's, what, very, all of this is, that's, what, that's what all of this is about. Shane, this is technically a positive plug for Shane's work. It is. All right. Well, uh, hit us up. Side stories. L-P-O-T-L at gmail.com. I've never heard of Gorno before. Again, as long as everyone is safe, hey, you know what? Do do what you want to do. I really don't care. Get it out, man. Get it out. People like getting their buttholes gaped. People like peeing well, each other's mouths. And it's all oh, this is fucking America. You go out there and you express yourself. Sex workers have the possibility to, to fucking save our world. Oh, I love sex them. workers. If you're out there, you, like, take this as a message. You have opportunity. If you're with some of these important people, if you're there and you're sucking on Jeff Bezos' toes right before he blows it, you'd be like. Hey, give $10 towards climate change. There you he go. Comes. Because what you do is is that you can make you can make them do whatever they want the moments before they come. Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, gaping buttholes, this story is a little bit old, um, but I did just want to mention it because for some reason it's just sometimes there is small amounts of justice in this world. Ian Watkins, remember that dude from The Last Prophets? Unfortunately, yes. Yes, this disgusting man, he had sex with a baby, he and his girlfriend. I mean, truly fucking evil. He's got no, that's not good. He's truly evil, disgusting man, um, but he just got sentenced to 10 more months in prison. He's there for 29 years, but I'm going to think that he should probably just stay there forever. Yeah. Um, but he got 10 more months because he was smuggling a mobile phone in his butthole. And you know that this is not one of those like really nice, new, small, like no. whatever, like touch phones. This is a, no, one of it's a brick Nokia, Nokia brick. Yeah, this yeah. is like the Zach Morris, like you have to pull an antenna out from it. You know, it's like click, 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 click. It's the size of a small dinner plate. But you can just imagine, Ian Watkins, you're in prison. What are you in for? Oh, you had sex with a baby? Well, let's just, how do we begin the abuse? This oh, yeah, dude. No, this that man's butthole could fit a watermelon. That phone was jangling around inside of his gaping butthole. Uh, much like Yahtzee dice. <laughs> There's a lot of room in there. And I also, I'm just glad it wasn't a baby. Thank, thank God. Thank God. But anyway, because I know we have some rock and roll metal fans out there. Last Prophet story. If you haven't heard about it, check it out. Oh, We're not going to go into detail. 
but it is for the metal fans. I don't know, but it is disgusting, and we're not making fun of sexual assault within the prison because that is a very true thing, and that's not fair. That's not good. But this is Ian Watkins we're talking about. Yeah, dude, that's why I'm paying my taxes. Yeah, and this is, and you got to because I would be such a succulent little man in there sauntering around with my fun attitude that they just can't wait to wreck. You would actually, I think that you would lean in. Yeah, I think I could no, see I you start You start tying up the white shirts. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Can I get some of your steak? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you for it. Don't oh, you want to see what's in my pocket? Uh, ooh, yes, indeed. I just spent it, about it's 10 shit. hours. It's what? It's shit. <laughs> it's shit. Well, it's better than what I thought it was. I thought it would be a full rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that would be worse. They call me the Colonel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also, okay. it, I just watched ten hours of Lockup on uh, yes. National Geographic, yes. which it is kind of still sad to me because National course. Geographic. Remember when they used to cover like African safaris, oh, and yeah. now our National Geographic is just like humans in prison. Yep. And it's, it's sort of zoos. weird. It's a little bit like dystopian. And I'm like, I don't like to study these humans like they are animals in a zoo. But it is fascinating. It's fascinating subculture. Yes, indeed. Fresh out the pen, man. It's Get all your prison questions answered. They talked about how excited they were when Eddie Money went in to serve a couple of days in jail. I saw some one guy. It was very, very funny. Really? I, what was Eddie Money in there for? I don't know. It's some long story. I got to find the episode. They were talking okay. about a celebrity that they were hanging out with in jail, and he was like signing autographs. I forget who the hell it was. Oh, it that's might not so have been funny. Eddie Money, but I got to find out who it was. R.I.P., um, I believe. Also, again, Halloween countdown. Uh, if you're doing 31 for 31, I'm going to shout out some more movies that I watched this week that All were right. good because I'm only, I don't like doing the negative ones, so I'm going to do the positive ones. I have one that's, positive one as well Satanic Panic is a lot of fun. Okay. It's really good with Rebecca Romaine. She's fantastic in it. Uh, Arden Mirren is fucking fantastic in it. Oh. Um, they do get some of the Satanism stuff wonky, but I don't blame them. But they did a lot of good work with the demons. Otherwise, the outside, it's pretty pretty great. Um, and then the movie Haunt has a really fun premise. Awesome. I love it's it. You know what I watched, Henry? Huh. Uh, it's a franchise film. People yeah. kind of criticized it. They said, oh, that's not what the main character should look like. The New Child's Play. Have oh, you seen it? Oh, I love it? The New Child's Play. Yeah, I thought it was such a fun revamp. I don't want to spoil anything here, but the reason that it, I will say it's not. So they kind of moved away from the spiritual aspect of it. They moved away from there's a soul of a serial killer inside yes. of a doll, but they revamped it. It's more technological based, and I thought it was absolutely wonderful. And um, and the main actress there. From uh, uh, oh my God, checks checks and regulations, par- parks and restoration, parks, parks and, and re- rec, parks par- and rec. Par- oh checks and restorations, I love that show. <laughs> yeah, it's on C-SPAN um, at three oh o'clock my- in the morning, and it's just going through an accountant's <laughs> fucking storage unit. Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza did a wonderful job, and you know what, dude. It's another one of those moments where I realize we are aging. She plays a mother. She used to oh, just yeah. be like she used to just be like a high school student, and now she's a mom of like a thirteen-year-old. I'm like, oh my god! You should see me at these auditions playing fathers. That's now insane. I'm going to audition to play fathers, and it's like I could barely raise my dog. 
I can't raise a child. I don't look like it. I try to like I'm trying the idea of interacting with a child. I'm just like, hi, ho- hello. Like hello. I shake their hands like it's a businessman. <laughs> Um, well, we got some stories today. Oh, yeah, so right. We got some stories today. Uh, very, very excited. Halloween is upon yeah. us. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so we have some very, very exciting stuff. We're going to start with this one. Kissel, you got this one. This is uh, this is fun. This got sent to us quite a bit. So I was excited to cover it. Uh, this one is absolutely insane. And uh, it reminds me of this film, Blast from the Past, starring, <laughs> of course, the great Brendan Fraser. Did so, I saw a recent, someone showed a, there was a restaurant that they ate at and they saw a headshot of Brendan Fraser's sign. And he said, thanks for the meal. I was in the mummy. That's what he wrote <laughs> on. I love him. Uh, so this is a Dutch family. They were found living in a basement for damn near a decade, preparing for the end of the world. So it was six siblings, ages 18 to 25, which that is, what do they call that? Irish twins on top of Irish twins on top of Irish twins. I think that tw- that is a no condom sextuplet. Absolutely. So they were living with a man in a farmhouse basement for nine years, no contact with the outside world whatsoever. And then finally, one of the dudes was able to leave. He escaped in the middle of the night, went into a bar. And And that was the first thing he did. The youngest child. The first thing he did is that he got to a bar and got himself a beer. Yes, he did. So, well, many uh, multiple outlets have reported uh, that the man was the father of the children. This is according to Mayor Roger DeGroote. He said during a press conference that he was not related to the siblings. So these kids were there with a man who was just a farmer. And so uh, he escaped the property. The eldest sibling did. He's 25 years old now. Went to the pub in Runerwald. Runerwald. He didn't just order a beer. He ordered five beers. Five beers. beers. (laughs) And just drank them. He did a kissle. He did a whole whole kissle. He just ordered five, being like, I don't need the gaps in time in between. No, I mean, why bother? And the thing is, so at this point, he didn't even run into the bar and be like, we need help. We're stuck in a farm. We've been there for a decade. What year is it? Who's the president? He just sat there, drank his beers. And that's when the bar owner, Chris Westerbeek, finally just had a small conversation with him. You know what? I kind of understand, right? You're a part of this horrific set of circumstances. We don't really know a lot of the details of the story right they were being held there by a man named joseph b who was a handyman um they found the five of the kids mm-hmm. after the elderly after the oldest uh, oldest of them was found at the bar when they found him he had long hair a dirty beard wore old clothes and looked confused yes, i think well, it was the five beers it might have been the five beers so bar owner chris vesterbeek described how a man had come in, ordered five beers, and then he the first thing he said, he's like, he's like, then I had a chat with him, and he revealed he had run away and needed help. Then we called the police. So you've been held against your will, right, for right. nine years. You finally somehow get to you. We don't know exactly how they were held against their will just yet. No. I can see how you're like, I've been trapped with these kids and this handyman, Yosef, and God knows how he's kept me in this room, did all this stuff. Honestly, even for me to speak about this, right. I need some beers. 
Like, I need to slide some emotional <laughs> lubricant onto me before I can even explain what the fuck happened to me. Like, I can't right. imagine what the girls that dealt with Ariel Castro had to deal with immediately afterwards. Oh, my. Well, they just went to the rap concert. I believe they were brought on stage. I forget the rapper that that's brought right. them on stage. But they had fun. And I think that's great. But the strange thing is, the 58-year-old man that had these people, I don't think that they were kept against their will. I think they really believed that the world had ended because apparently he had suffered a stroke because when the cops broke in and they were like, yo, dude, what's going on? They looked behind a living room cupboard and that's where they found the 50-year-old man, 58-year-old man lying in bed after he had suffered a stroke, which seemed to be a few years ago. So yeah. I maybe they firmly just believed that the world had ended, which has got to be kind of trippy then to come out into the world. It's sort of like you're reborn. Like, Holy shit. I, I, it's got to be interesting. I wonder, I hope we get this whole story. Yeah. I wonder what it was that made the oldest son like finally leave because you are trapped in, you're trapped in your father's sick mind. It's like the movie Frailty where you're like. You're but this, this isn't world. even this isn't even in their father. This is just again a random. I don't even know how they met this guy. They said they don't. They're not really sure what the fucking relationship is. They know that the other kids. They think that the mother might have died a long time ago. Mm. But it seems like they just kept this line of bullshit going for forever. Like it could have started with the mom, and they could have been raised with this shit. We don't yeah. know how old the son is either. And Mayor. Yeah, Mayor DeGroote says he's never seen anything like it. And thank God, because can you imagine if he was just like, yeah, well, we had a similar situation about four or five months back. So throw it on the pile. <laughs> throw it on the pile. That's just, oh, you mean one of these stay families? That is just stay families. Honestly, in the end, they don't have to deal with all the horseshit of the outside world, but you might have to be blow and father, and you might have been told that you need to remake the human race with your sisters. Maybe. We don't know. It doesn't seem at this point as if it is a Joseph Fritzel case, who, by the way, is still alive. Those I guys are the, those are the people that live forever. Yes, and if you want to know more about Fritzel, I believe we covered him in a last podcast episode briefly. We talked a little bit about this a couple episodes ago on Side Stories too. We are uh, we it's somewhere in there, but we didn't do it in depth, and we yeah. will do it someday. But for some reason, Marcus gets all upset about all the daddy making love to baby because making love isn't the right term for it. And also, yeah, <laughs> it's all. I mean, we were. I was. I texted Henry after our Mormonism series after part uh, after the final one. Uh, part six, which, by the way, again, thanks so much for the unbelievable response to the Mormonism series. That is one of uh, just the awesome to hear the response. Thank you all so much. Um, but when we covered Warren Jeffs, I was walking back home and I was like, man, I'm so depressed. Why do I feel? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. So the child, it was just all the child abuse that we just covered <laughs> for three hours. And I texted Henry. I was like, I think I figured out why I was sad. He's like, yeah, bro. Yeah, dude. Been sitting well, with that shit for six weeks. We didn't even show. Some of the stuff, well, it's because just for time, we it's didn't just do it. Disgusting. But if, yeah. if you look up the Warren Jeff sex tape, which Ugh. you shouldn't, no, um, there's a whole section because it's we played a little bit of it, we played a tiny clip, but there's a whole section where he's just like, Yeah, show the Lord how much you love me, and in going like, Amen, amen. As she, it's, he's making love to his wives. Like, he's making love to seven of his child brides. And, and again, making love, not the right term. I think I'd rather watch Gorno. 
Honestly, Gordo is two consenting adults. Yes, exactly. Gordo is fantasy. It's fantasy. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, Henry, right. speaking, wanna, speaking of real life stuff here, you got some stuff. I want to talk about this just real quick. Okay. Just because, again, putting it on your radar of shit to watch, because Natalie's always good at kind of like cultivating interesting true crime stories that she yes. becomes obsessed with and then sends them to me. And this is one that I ended up falling into a little bit of a hole of. And this is really one where you should also do your own research because it's very, very interesting. This is the dis- disappearance of Susan Cox Powell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, this happened in 2009. Uh, she was a woman that went missing from West Valley City, Utah. She was a mother of two that was married to a man named Joshua Powell, who was never charged. Okay. Um, and it became a very famous case. I remember it vaguely when it came out. But this is tangentially connected to the LDS church, because uh-huh. obviously all these people are Mormon, which is why it fucking happens like this. But uh, Joshua Powell was a total sociopath that essentially took to him and their two young sons. They had two young sons that were seven and five. Okay. And how it works is, so Susan Cox Powell goes missing on December 9th, right? Overnight. He tells everybody that that she just left. She just left in the night. She left her seven and five year old and left. Um, and, and, and that's why, you know, like it's all her fault. And they were living with their fa- his father, Stephen okay. Powell. Um, and they all kind of cooperated all this shit, saying that Joshua is innocent, blah, blah, blah. What you then find out is the father and the son and her were a part of this. Uh, she was an unwilling member of a sexual triangle where the father was sexually obsessed with his daughter-in-law, oh, filming my. her collecting her underwear, her toenail clippings, Ugh. her like ear like oh, fucking her cleaning out her ears. He filmed himself constantly. Like he had this this whole like library of film where he was filming her without her knowing, filming himself showering and dancing, wearing her underwear, oh my. doing all of stuff. He wrote love songs to her. He then confessed his love to her because in a one video he said, "I had a most erotic moment today." The most erotic moment in her life. The most erotic moment in my life. Susan's feet were tired from working, and I offered to give her a massage. Oh, my. And so we sat and massaged his daughter-in-law's feet in the living room in front of Joshua. And Joshua the whole time is like, I married good, didn't I, Dad? Oh, my. She is getting. He's becoming more and more abusive over the years. He's so a Josh, sociopath. So Joshua, Joshua is being cucked by his own dad in, in his dad's likes house. It. Yes, and he kind of likes it, and the father oh. likes it, and she is trying to get the fuck out, right? And she is now. Would you then find out over time? On the surface, of course, they're this very happy LDS family, and Susan was very devout Mormon that was trying to get. Her because Josh stopped going to the church like as they were developing in their relationship, so he stopped being a part of the church. Okay, and she didn't understand. But the stuff that he decided to cling to was all the the husband's the head of the household, and uh. you are supposed to do what I tell you to do, what I tell you no matter what. And she listened because she was a devout Mormon, basically being like, I can't get divorced. So she started as the abuse was ramping up and becoming more and more. 
uh, sadistic, and the father was becoming incredibly sexually excited openly in front of his own daughter-in-law, showing showing her how hard that he would she would make him. He then confessed his love to her in a car, and he he videotaped it because he was trying to destroy their marriage. It's like oh a whole long goodness. psychological thing. Look it up. Dateline has an incredible episode about it, and the uh, Ladies Go Missing channel, Oxygen. They also have a really good documentary on it. So, long story short, I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoiler alert. Uh oh, spoiler alert! So she's gone missing for months. They're trying to register her dead, right? Because I mean, she's just fucking gone. They interviewed the son. They interviewed Charlie Powell, her okay. the oldest son, being like, "What happened to mommy?" And they're like, "Daddy said that he took her on a camping trip where we go to look for our gemstones, which is they used to go geode hunting out okay. in the, the mountains of Utah." And mommy just never came back. Like they oh just went. Goodness. They never came. They, he must have killed her. We don't know these details. So the parents of Susan Cox Powell know that all of this shit is coming out and then they, it is fucked. So they file for custody of the kids. So they go, they get custody of the kids. They win it. They win custody in court. But then they decide to give him a visitation day, even though like they shouldn't have. No. So Josh and the two kids under supervised help from a someone from CPS. CPS delivers the kids to Josh. He pushes the foot like they go to his house. He push the CPS dude out of the house. He grabs the kids, pulls them in the house, locks the door and blows up the house, killing what? him and the two kids in the fucking house. So he's dead. And the, the father went to jail for guess what? Public child masturbating. Porn. Child, yep, porn. child porn. Went to father for, for child porn. They found him. Oh, he was, my he God. just died of a heart attack, which is how all of this shit's coming out. So watch this Dateline special. This thing's fucking all out of right. control. Boy, Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around. It's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try Every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha, Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs in a whole bunch of cha, and it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST. 24 for 20% off at texaspeat.com. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. 
I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. 
FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. My God. So everyone is dead now in the story. Yes. Entire family wiped out. Oh, my God. All in right. One, well, in, check in that over out. several years. And it's just, and again, it's connected to Mormonism. Very that strange. is very interesting. Anytime a society is built upon secrets, indeed, those secrets are something that aren't like, we have too much ice cream on Wednesdays. <laughs> Don't let anyone know. It's always father wants to fuck uh, daughter-in-law. Or I wish mommy it wasn't. wants to kill their kids or whatever it might be. I don't know why secrets become naughty seeds. I, I mean, you know. You know I what's a fun know. secret? You know what's fun? A surprise birthday party. Those are fun. And even That's if you a have a dog, secret. you can throw a surprise birthday party for a dog because they're always surprised. Yeah, because they don't know. They're not conscious like we are. No. You know what's a fun secret? Like, oh, Kissel, I brought you a surprise sandwich. Thank you. But you know what it comes with the naughty seed, though? Is that I put cum on it. I'm sorry, Kissel. It was <laughs> oh, a secret. Henry! It's well, a secret. Let's, let's do really quick real estate news. Because you know we always cover real estate because that's how you make you know, money. It's we're real super estate. into it. We're super into it. It's real estate and stocks. That's how you grow your wealth. I've seen at least 15 Instagram videos now. So I'm getting pretty good at this stuff. You know what I did? I wanted to get more serious about my money. So you know what I did? I bought one of those suits with all the question marks all over it. <laughs> So you can, you can currently for a measly $459,000, it's not the home, no, they tore that down, but it is the property, you can live on the property that serial killer John Wayne Gacy murdered 33 boys upon. So this, yeah. it's still there, the property is still there, they, they couldn't tear down the property. What are you going to do, excavate it or something? I mean, uh, you can't just blow it up, but I'm certain that it's good property and you know that you can really do a lot with it. Yep, and currently the house that is on that property, it's a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house in the Chicago Burbs. Oh. It's 2,500 2, square feet, and the lot itself is just under 9,000 square feet. Uh, it's going, again, for almost half a million dollars. It's marketed as, quote, a beautiful brick home with an updated kitchen that overlooks a huge backyard. And yeah, of course, the kitchen you- better be fucking updated. <laughs> Yeah, it better be updated. It's you so. gotta be. I think it all needs a bit of a zhuzh. I would say so. Um, so it's not. It's it. So it is a home that is actually. If you look at the new picture, of the house today, it is very pretty. It's nice. It's landscaped. Very. How pretty. far outside of downtown Chicago? Like how far? Like away from main city Chicago? Let's see here. I'm not finding that information. Um, so but five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, honestly, three bedroom, two bath. Yes, three-bedroom, two-bath. And I got to say, talking about making money with real estate, the woman who bought this house, uh, she bought the land in 1986 for $30,000. Yeah, I And then uh, she built the house for her retiring parents because she wanted them to be haunted (laughs) right before death. And now she's flipping it. She's flipped it, Henry. That's That's a massive. That's over $400,000. Uh, in uh, in just straight up winning money, dude. Man, you know what I think will be fun now? You know, it would be a fun thing to do because you know, because of true crime and the, how pervasive it's become in yes. all friggin' life. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it's it's coming out there. There's just some guy who's gonna buy this shit, and you just wear that pogo costume. Every day in front of the house, just like waving at the kids, being oh. like, "Pogo's back!" 
<laughs> I can't. Pogo's back. Like that's this is the time to do it. You turn it to it all. To you turn it into the strip club from Beetlejuice. Absolutely. So if you want to reach out to Prella Realty, they are the ones who are repping the seller. Robert Picarello. Robert Picarello is who you're going to want to talk to for Prello Realty. And, uh, yeah, you could live in a home that is upon the ground that that saw 33 kids murdered. So uh, there you no, go. Man. That's a little... A little investment advice, although it seems like you're buying high now. Technically, you want to buy low like the chick did in 1986. Yeah, and you know what it is, too? My problem is I don't like the winter. Yeah, no. I mean, Chicago's a beautiful place, but my God, those winters are a bit brutal. I don't like the wintertime, but otherwise, it's a great investment. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, you are right, though. At this point... With the serial killer trend, I mean, ride the wave as long as you can, because it's going to crest and, and fall. Like, at some point, we're going to wake up as a country and just be like, why do we talk about murder for five years? Can we just get back to, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> something like, what? what's Martha Stewart doing? Um, She's being cool, actually. She is being cool. She always has been. She's but, fucking ex-con. I know. You that's should, why I love her. Um, you watch this special on the world's tallest man, Igor? <laughs> no, I did not. What is this? This world's tallest man igor yeah dude forget his last name igor is dangerously tall he's eight feet why and he's name? getting bigger he's not he keeps growing he is gigantic how charming and funny he is but then i watched a video with him and he's just like they put me into the hospital because my bones are becoming round like he's saying some weird things about how his bones are getting all like crookedy crooked because it's like he's running out of skin so that the bones can grow something like that because bones are growing but his skin's not growing something bad he's got he's got very big head i mean he's very big but his whole thing is that he believes that god is punishing him by stretching him (laughs) no just go get the surgery he can get a surgery to stop growing god made me this way i am his giant you know the movie My Giant? I but do. Instead of Billy Crystal, my little man is God. Oh, man. but he is very—he's um, in a lot of pain. Well, they say that the vein, the human vein system, it can't go eight feet. So he's yeah, like—I guarantee you, like his ankles are dead. He, like he's got to like do something special. I said that I don't. I, I, spending time with you made me have so much more understanding of your plight. Of what your people go through, of it's what big people go through, and it's a nightmare. Except for like all the other added societal benefits. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, you know, the grass because is always still, greener. Chicks from all over the world are trying to see Igor's hog. Like, I yeah, don't... he can't feel the tip of it, and maybe he's in constant pain, and maybe he's a walking carnival exhibition. But at the same time, just because of that sheer curiosity, he could pull strange I everywhere don't... he goes. No, I don't. At some point, you know, girls say they like a big man, but they think of Jason Momoa. They're not thinking of George Mirasan and Igor. They're thinking, "Please tell me I still have feet. <laughs> do I st- do I still have ankles? Because it, it might as well just be gone because it's just oh. a ghost into the wind down there." Man, that is, that's that, very scary. The giant again, people have suffered a lot. Henry suffered a lot. Like the like the small haven't. Like no. us small have not us no, small. No, because the story of the small, and this is why David versus Goliath. I've always been Team Goliath. I don't. I don't of course even care. You of no, course, because they Goliath didn't want to fight. He was just like, oh, I'm here for the beer. And they're like, no, go to the front lines. You got to fight for us. And he's like, well, I don't like to fight. I like my beer. And then they pushed him to the front. And then what does little 
homicidal David hey, do. Hey, he brought a weapon hey. to a fist to a fist fight. There that- are times you are born with a set of circumstances, and sometimes fate is going to put you where you're supposed to be. Unfortunately, right? If the fate does exist, whatever the chaos swirling that does these 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 rivers of time and mm. and the, uh, that we are on, my friend. Sometimes whatever time boat you're in takes you where you're going to go. How the, the hell- was. I don't know. Now you're talking about rivers of time? I smoked a lot of weed in here last night. (laughs) All right? I'm just saying, Goliath, unfortunately, or fortunately, was the right man for the job to die at the hands of a small man whose job it was to society to kill him. That was the equivalent... David is the equi- David is the first incel mass shooter. No, he's he, not. He yes, fucked. he did. He, he brought fucked. a slit. No, but people this are like, is oh. highly controversial. No. I feel like we all, I already could see the emails. <laughs> David had many wives. He had no. many wives. He David, knew how to social. I don't. David, first of all, everyone's like, oh, it was a little slingshot. That was top grade stuff. That is like yeah, rolling dude. up with a Goliath. tank. Goliath, I understand you fighting for Goliath's pers- per- perspective, but I feel that there are a lot of arguments here. I feel I'm there's a saying, lot of perspectives. It was everyone knew battle was sword and and and, and a shield and that was Goliath it. Goliath had to go and down. Then, it's all about sometimes again, a W's a W. No, that's true. I mean, God knows the Packers got very lucky beating the Lions cuz the refs helped out a little bit, but I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, and I know when me and Greg, we went out to see the game and the first thing he said to me is, "Can I sit on your lap?" and I say, "Only if I can call you my wife." And we watched that Packer game the entire time we had sex. <laughs> is it time for Hero of the Week? Yeah, do your Hero of the Week. All right, here, let's do Hero of the Week. Um, okay. This is actually a sweet story. So other than so a man passed away in Ireland, and that is very, very sad. But as he was <laughs> no, being I mean, lowered it happens every day. All it right, does it's not happen. that sad, it's a fact. And his name was Shay Bradley, and there's a picture of him here. He's drinking wine, heavy set guy, looks like he's a boisterous, kind of looks like uh Tommy Boy's father from Tommy Boy Dennehy. Yeah, so let me guess how he died. Five heart attacks at once? <laughs> yes, most likely. But he was a funny guy. And so as they were uh, lowering him into the grave, the bagpipes are playing. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Henry, perhaps you can do this uh, in, in in an Irish accent. All of a sudden, from inside the casket rings out, hello, hello, let, let me hello, out. Hello, let me out. Hello. Let me out. It's pretty It's pretty funny. This is a very Al Roker story. Very like, Al Roker. This is a very Wilbur go- Brimley story. But then he goes on to say, where the fuck am I? Let me out of this fucking dark in here, <laughs> which kind of gets really scary. And then he says, is that the priest I can hear? And then he says, this is Shay. I'm in the box. No, in fucking front of you, I'm dead. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> it is very, very funny. He did a really good job. Yes, and then Bradley's voice launched into a song. He crooned, I just called to say goodbye, and he said he wanted to leave the mourners not not crying, but laughing. And indeed, the mourners did laugh. His mother laughed because he died before his mother, even though he was like 60. And uh, I guess she's like one of those strong 110-year-old Irish women. And all of his siblings laughed. And you know what? He is just really, Twitter got wind of it, which is, that's huge. It got 1.5 million retweets or um, mentioned whatever, a bunch, who gives a shit. But either way. I hope to, uh, I always had a, a dream that I would do the thing that if I, if you come to my funeral, I, I would just prop up my body. 
in the wake room, like before you go to the thing, and you just it would just be going like, "Hi, hello, welcome to my funeral," like a, like me with the automated hand waving. I would love that. And his wife said, "You got him good, Papa Bear," and gave us all a laugh just when we needed it. So there you go. That's the hero of the week. Don't I think that's actually very nice. It is nice. I honestly think it's really nice. Absolutely. I think it's a funny story, and it's an uplifting story. And this is when we're closest to Ellen. This is this is our <laughs> our moment to Ellen. Except we don't hobnob with war criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Another hot take. Hot take. Hot take. I know everyone has so many hot takes. So, uh, okay, uh, so, Henry, do we have so uh, uh, emails coming in? Do you have any emails this week? Because I know we got a bunch of emails to get to in these next two shows. Yes, I have some fun ones. I want to go through them. The I got two. So the first is like this is all the little bit of a factoid that I wanted to talk about when we were doing the Mormonins, Mormonism series, but we had so much bullshit to go through that I just forgot to mention it. And I someone sent an email about it, so I wanted to read it to you. This comes from Jay. I grew up very Mormon. Discussions on campouts and long, boring days as missionaries would often turn to discussions of what they call deep doctrine. That's Hmm. what Mormons call it when they pull tiny bits of Mormon lore and apply it to the mysteries of the universe. Did Jesus die for the sins of every living being on every planet in the universe? Or is he just the savior of this planet? Were dinosaurs around in the Garden of Eden? Blah, blah, blah. Who is Bigfoot? was the big one. (laughs) And that is the story I want to tell you. The following story is relayed in a book called The Miracle of Forgiveness, a book written by the prophet and president of the Mormon Church from 1970 to 1972. This is where I first heard about Mormon Bigfoot. But the story originates in Lysurgus A. Wilson's book, Life of David W. Patton. Can I just ask, what happened to this controversial president from 1970 to 1972? He didn't even get a full term. What? I mean, how fast did he came and went? Maybe it was him he constantly just, rambling about Bigfoot where they're like, you got to go, dude. He just died of fucking old man rot. Ah, okay. He's just one of these fucking pieces of shit that all look like the, the fucking, what's his name, the villain at the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Dear brother. In relation to the subject of the visit of Cain to Brother David W. Patton in the state of Tennessee about which you wrote to me, I will say that according to the best of my recollection, it was in the month of September, 1835. It was in the evening, just twilight, when Brother Patton rode up to my father's house, alighted from his mule, and came into the house. The family immediately observed that his countenance was quite changed. My mother, having first noticed his changed appearance, said, Brother Patton, are you sick? He replied that he was not, but he had just met with a very remarkable personage who had represented himself as being Cain, who murdered his brother Abel. He went on to tell the circumstances as near as I can recall in the following passage. As I was riding along the road in my mule, I suddenly noticed a very strange personage walking beside me. He walked along beside me for about two miles. His head was about even with my shoulders as I even sat in my saddle. He wore no clothing, but was covered with hair. His skin was very dark. I asked him where he dwelt, and he replied that he had no home, that he was a wanderer on the earth and traveled to and fro. He said he was a very miserable creature, that he had earnestly sought death during his sojourn upon the earth, and that he could not die, and his mission was to destroy the souls of men. About the time he expressed himself thus, I rebuked him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my virtue of the holy priesthood, and commanded him to go hence. And he immediately departed out of my sight. When he left me, I found myself near your house. 
There was much conversation about the circumstances between Brother Patton and my family, which I don't recall. But the above is in substance his statement to us at the time. The date is, to the best of my recollection, and I think it is correct, but it may possibly have been in the spring of 1836, but I feel quite positive that the former date is right. Hoping the above all be satisfactory to you and answers to your purposes, I am, with the kindest regards as ever, your old friend and brother, A.O. Smoot. <laughs> Stories like these are always taken at face value within the church. The Mormons who have read this story, they believe, and I have actually now, this is Henry speaking, this is, I did my own separate research briefly. Okay. They believe, and it's true, they believe Cain from the old story of Cain and Abel is a huge man that forever wanders the earth, covered in hair, wandering through the forests and byways of America. Cain is Bigfoot? Cain is Bigfoot. What? What does that sound like to you? Not just to you, but every scout leader who's ever heard this story has told me that Bigfoot sightings were not chance encounters with an elusive prehistoric ape, but narrow misses with Cain, the most evil human to ever live, cursed to wander the earth forever. Oh my goodness. But that's not even... Bigfoot is a very nice cryptid. It's only peaceful. If it wanted to rip us apart, we've seen the game Rampage. No, it it would be like that in Manhattan right now. I have seen... I've seen some video of Bigfoot, uh-huh. and we've read some stuff of Bigfoot being sexually aggressive. Yeah, you have because you love your Bigfoot. I don't your your sexy creepy pasta. My lore. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to try to. This is a long email, but I'm going to try to truncate this because it's fucking really good. Okay. So this young so this young person had traveled to Chicago and was looking for friends. This young person went, and they tried to join a volunteer group. It didn't work out, but so they ended up getting on the train to go home. And okay. this is the story. I get on the train, red line, northbound on a Sunday, getting on to Jackson, and the train is fucking empty. This is unusual. So there are people who seem to be waiting for the northbound red line and didn't get on. I figured maybe they were idling for something else under the warmer heat thing inside the station. I, I get on. I want to go home. I stops go. Some teenagers get on. And then a group of 30-somethings that were on the train, they just got up and they just left, right? Hmm. So this is very strange. But then a man, who they said could either be 23 or 53, entered the train dressed in a black suit and hat. He walked across my field of vision to take the seat on the other side of the train. He had to bow his head in order to enter the train. Very, very tall man. He had neat shoes, pants that were too short for him, neat white socks that were stained brown. On one of the legs. I looked and I immediately started to profusely cold sweat. He sat down in the furthest seat to the door next to the call conductor button across the aisle where I was seated in the same type of seat. The ones reserved for handicapped, elderly, and high traffic hours. I felt an immense pressure on the back of my neck and I could feel all this attention is on me even though he was staring ahead. I was looking at the scrolling LED sign, scrolling the time again and again just so I could keep this man in my peripheral vision. Okay. The train comes up from underground, and there's a bunch of sunlight suddenly, and this is when I realized that his clothes were pinned together with shining silver pins, like what a tailor would do. Hmm. His clothes were really reflective, and the two long tails of his jacket weren't lined. The cuffs of his pants are well-hemmed, but it looked like they are unreasonably thin, non-suit material, like someone took a windbreaker and, and made a suit from it. Hmm. Out of my peripheral vision, I also saw that while he was also very tall, he had these thick creeper shoes on, 
The sole was two to three times the thickness of a creeper shoe. It was like a platform shoe. I couldn't move. I was deeply uneasy, and I was feeling as if something was compelling me to look at this guy. He's weird looking. Sure. But I wouldn't. And I was taking out my, I was not taking out my phone either because I had this idea that in my head that was not my normal thought. It was, I kept thinking of my phone as my technology, which is a phrase I do not use. The man started mumbling in a breathy tone and tapping his face with the flat of his palm, or at least that's what it seemed like he was doing. I cut my eyes to the time and realized only minutes have passed, but I was soaked with sweat through to my jacket. I couldn't get off the train because the last stops I would have had to cross in front of him, and I was not about that life. I cut my eyes back, and I look at his shoes, and I saw a milky green wire with a dark center coming out of the tip of his bone of his ankle and going into a welt onto his leg. It was this raised quarter bit of skin that was a dark blackish color. My stop finally came, and as I jumped, I locked eyes on him, and I didn't look at anything, but I hightailed it out the doors. I, lo- I got a look at his face. He had a big, wide, fat face with tiny features that were grouped very close together. He was taking up the majority of his seat, and his clothes didn't fit him right at all. He had black, shiny hair, but it looked like a party city wig attached to his hat. He was slapping his mouth, and he at that time realized he had no lips. He just had this kind of like thin O-ring rind that was painted bright red around the center. As I dashed in front of him, he stopped mumbling and bared his teeth at me, showing all of his clenched teeth and gums like a monkey at the zoo in the facsimile of a smile with his lips pulled all the way back, then raised both of his hands, palms out, and wheezed at me. They said they were in the middle of listening to uh, our Men in Black episode. Interesting. As they were going, and it was like this was a like Men in Black. She saw wow. a Man in Black, and honestly, it's right on there. Unless he's dressed for fucking Halloween or on his way to a film shoot, that's a Man in Black. Monster in Black. It sounds to me very scary. Awesome. And again, uh, we want to hear more scary tales from you. This is Side Stories L P O T L at Gmail dot com. That is where you can send those emails. Please do spooky stories like that are exactly what we're looking for. Maybe he did just have to rush. He had to run fast after he was uh, getting his suit tailored. I got to go to the lip store. (laughs) And he had to run. Excuse me, little girl. Can you tell me where the lip store is? He's got to get some of those plastic wax lips that uh, parents thought that kids liked in the 50s. You know what he needs? What's that? Fillers. He needs some fillers, absolutely. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's Side Stories. Can you feel it, though, man? Mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. every week it gets closer to Halloween. Yes, I'm it so does. fucking excited. I have a question. Do we know anybody that works for um, Universal for Halloween Horror Nights? I have some questions about the sets of Halloween Horror Nights. So if anybody has that information, please send it to sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com. Very, very excited. I'll be headed there myself this year. Can't wait. Ooh. We're trying to hit as many of the haunts as possible. Is Rob Zombie's, uh, Rob Zombie has an uh, exhibit there this year, right? Yes, and my Blu-ray for Three from Hell should be waiting for me at my home right now. I can't wait to see it. Woo! Absolutely. You got it on Blu-ray, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. No kidding. You still have a uh, DVD player? I'm starting to go back to Blu-ray. Interesting. Okay, because it should be released online, right? Like Netflix I, it, I don't or think something. it is yet. I don't think it is yet. I don't. I think it's. It might just be uh, physical media. 
Oh, my goodness. All right. I might have to but, plug in my DVD player. I haven't done that dude, in a while. Dude, start doing it. Get back to Blu-ray. Remember the quality. Remember the quality. <laughs> all it's, right, Grandpa. It's worth it. No, it's okay. cool. All right. All right. Oh, man. Live your life like you are a skeleton going to the skin store or mm. a man with no lips going to the lip store. And you are you got a coupon. Ooh. You're living that life, man. You're living that coupon life, buddy. That's what I do, man. You got to live. You got to laugh at the fact that, yeah, I don't got lips. Who gives a shit? Lick my teeth. You want to love me? You can't handle me at the I don't have lips, and you don't deserve me at the I'll massage your feet until you sleep like you're my supple young daughter-in-law. All right, everyone. And you got to laugh. There. (laughs) You got to laugh, man. (laughs) You got to laugh. You see, you're laughing. I am laughing. Does that feel yeah. good? Right? You get a laugh knowing that we got fucking 15 days to Halloween, Halloween, mm-hmm. Halloween, mm-hmm. Halloween. So fucking excited. Question, Henry, and this is for the audience as well. Nightmare Before Christmas. Halloween movie? Christmas movie? Christmas movie. Really? That's my hot take. Really? Christmas okay. Movie. I'm going to say Halloween movie just to be Fuck different. You. I could Fuck just you. see it. Okay, interesting. Wow. Um, yeah. All right, everyone. Never forget, you're feeling down in the dumps. You know what? Just wake up. You just got to wake up. It's the you hardest wake thing up. to do. Just Listen, keep on dude, waking up as long as get possible. Get out there. Get up. Put the feet. Put, put one foot in front of the other. Yep. Get, we get all, a dog. We all, get out get there. A dog, do your maybe. shit. Because we all sometimes we all feel down in the dumps, don't we? You know? Every day. Every day. I fight it. <laughs> Every day, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Yeah. I think that's yeah. just the future. Yeah, I was talking. But, to, uh, my therapist told me that he said, "You know, you are allowed to be happy." And I was like, "Uh, nah, but am I? No, nah, but am I though? No, it's a constant struggle. But at the same time, if you think about it, it's a constant struggle for us. And technically, we're living a thirteen-year-old's dream. Then, yeah, it's just it's just a struggle for everybody. It's, it's just, just one of those things. Yeah, you absolutely. get your shit together and you get up there and you fucking do your shit. And also, uh, I guessed it on a really good podcast this week. Get Rich Nick with Nick Turner and Nick Batterot, our old friends. Absolutely. Uh, go check a look at their podcast. It's honestly very, very funny. They're get, they're two of the funniest dudes in the biz. Get Rich Nick, Nick Vatterot. He is one of the most creative stand-up comedians I've ever seen. Yes. And Nick Turner, his rage is filled with humor. <laughs> and I think that's great. Yes. All right, everyone, never forget, hail yourselves. Hail Tatum. Magustalations. Hail me. Hail if, me. If you're in a bunker, you know what? Just stay there at this point. I would say if you're in there, you're having fun, just stay there. Again, you know what you do with the bunker? Rent it out as an Airbnb. Use that money, get yourself an apartment. Dude, honestly, I would love to go just a week of like uh, prepper's life. I would love to go prep for a week. No, Natalie and I are full on bunker life. We can't wait one day. Love it. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. 
Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.